Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. No, this is this is crazy. I mean, so anybody that's got or had more than one child or you deal with more than one child, you realize, you know, when you have more than one child, that you have all this fighting among children or like he got two pieces of candy. I only got one. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just so now you're telling me you have 190 countries and that you're not going to have the same human nature fighting in fighting. Well, that country over there gets X, Y, and Z. I and I got A, B, and C, and I'm not happy. And how do you keep everybody on board? Exactly, and and just within the the collective of folks worldwide that have to build this system yeah. on top of all the other systems that have to come together to make it all work. There's tens yeah. upon tens of millions of people that work within that supply chain of worker bees that actually have to build this whole system that's why the only thing i can imagine is this is just a bunch of nonsense that they're throwing down on paper for the whole purpose of just creating mass chaos because then they're gonna uh like you said then they're gonna try to blame it on us and force a central bank digital currency but again they can't just do that because they still have to have the systems in place to do it right you know to turn on cbdc yeah, okay. for everyone it has to be built somebody has to build it it's i remember all the chaos so, that went on with the affordable care act website under obama mm. uh, where they had like 50 different contractors yeah. building bits and pieces they couldn't, of the freaking they couldn't website. even get the, the website to work right yeah <laughs> so here's yeah. my take on it after reading all these documents they're going to get a cbdc it might take seven years. It might take 10 years. They're going to get it. But it's not going to be, again, my opinion, it's not going to be forced initially. It'll be another option. Just like when they came out with debit cards, and AT it was first ATM cards, which morphed into debit cards, right? That's another payment option. And then over time, as the CBDCs get indoctrinated into the financial system, they will slowly ratchet up the mandates and they will slowly roll out the carbon credit system in place of the monetary system i just don't think that they're going to be able to say by 2030 or 2050 you know here's the entire new system everybody's on it slam the trap door i, I can't see it happening how do you get everybody to agree to this it has to be slowly over a generation it can't be overnight Right. And like you said, if you roll it out as a 
payment option, right? Not not in place of the monetary system, but if you roll it out as a payment option, and then what happens is you go five years, 10 years, 15 years, and then uh, someone like me, let's say I raise my kid and I'm going to open their whatever, them a bank account, and I'm just going, oh yeah, kid, we're in CBDC now. I'm just hoping you to the CBDC account on the app. Then what happens yeah. is that generation grows up inside the system where you said then it's easy for them to say, okay, we're going to pass a law tomorrow and replace printed dollars and minted coins with uh, just a digital token. And no one's going to care or put up a fight because they grew up playing, you know, the Monopoly board yep. game with CBDC, not with cash. I mean, that's why with, you know, our son, I'm raising him with like cash in his hand, old fashioned piggy bank with coins and everything. I'm going to be teaching yeah, yeah. him as soon as he can talk, like how to barter, how to trade, take him to the farmer's markets. So he grows up when they try to force it on him. It's going to be as weird as them trying to force it on me. He's going to go, what are you talking about? I'm not right. part of this. And this is why all this is important because at the end of the day, you and I, I mean, you're in your 50s, I'm in my 40s, they don't care about us. You have to raise no. your kids and grandkids to understand there is something else. If you raise them strictly to walk around with apps in their hand, you know, and, and, and teach them about, that's what they're going to believe is normal. If you don't want them to live under that slave system, because it's not about just replacing the printed dollar with a digital token. It's once they have the digital token, they it's programmable, it's expirable, and you can't build wealth. So you are literally helping drive your right. child and grandchild into a system of complete and total slavery. If you thought the fiat currency system was terrible, wait until your kid's walking around with an app or a chip in their hand that operates on central bank digital currency. They're basically a slave right. forever. And think about this. I mean, you know, when they roll out the carbon credit system, again, it doesn't have to be hundred uh, percent indoctrinated everybody initially, right? Just like the digital payment systems aren't a hundred. It's not a hundred percent mandatory initially. You know, we went to uh, some collegiate sporting events this this past year, and guess what? No cash mm -hmm. anywhere. You can't pay cash for the for any you know for to go get a hot dog or or a drink or nothing. No cash. They don't accept cash anymore at these mm -hmm. universities. It's only plastic. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's fast forward 30 years. It'll be, they can roll out, it's only CBDC. You can only pay with CBDC, mm -hmm. right? For 40 years or 50 years. But so this is, in my opinion, this is just going to be a slow rollout. Same with the carbon credit system. They can implement the carbon credit system and they can have carbon credits and carbon taxes. And it's just, you know, the green grift forwards you know moves that forward but it doesn't mean that necessarily everybody has to be in that system right if you're more self-sustaining in a more rural community or a smaller town okay fine maybe they don't they don't get those folks yet that might be 50 years 100 years down the road right that to me makes more sense versus trying to force it down everybody's throat in a very short period of time and short period of time could be 5 10 15 20 years yeah, and I think you've and you've pointed too much out before. Unrest. Yeah, and you pointed It'd out be before. Too much unrest. 
Yeah, related to this, I pointed out related to other uh, technocracy elements, they don't want a war. They don't want to have to come to your door with guns and force you to do it. Look, if they were going to do UN troops in the streets with guns, they would have did it with the COVID vaccine. Like the mandate would have been they come to your door, they drag you out on your front lawn, they put a gun to your head and they go, you're going to take the jab or we're going to shoot you. Like that that would have already happened. They would have already done that. That's not what they want because they don't want an armed resistance against them. Not that we're like going to organize. We're just talking about as soon as two neighbors get together and they go, screw this, dude. Like, you know, I, I mean, that's what they're afraid of. They don't want the Sri Lanka situation or the Muammar Gaddafi situation. And that's why, uh, look at the Amish. I mean, the Amish have generally survived living outside of the system in this country for hundreds of years. And they still pretty much live that system. They go from Lancaster, Pennsylvania into philadelphia to a a building called the reading terminal on the weekends and they sell their produce they sell their fudge they sell their bacon that's what i call stepping into the matrix so they live outside of the Mm -hmm. matrix they come into the matrix to turn some of their products into money then they can use that money to buy john deere tractors or what other type of equipment they need that they can't trade for fudge and that's living one foot in one foot out that's why i say down the road you you don't have to live necessarily uh as you know, uh, primitive as the the Amish do, but this is what I see will happen. There'll be basically communities that start to break away from the system and you only interact with the system as much as you want to this is about freedom and liberty in your own way you want to step outside of the tyranny don't worry about saving the collective start to figure out and insulate yourself and this is more what we're going to talk about in future shows similar like justin the rancher was talking about yesterday i'm going to focus on uh, things you could be doing in your life to further insulate we're going to be talking more to jim and other guests about uh safer sounder investments uh with with some of the money you may have saved inside the system now you don't want to play around with wall street anymore uh but you want to hedge against inflation this is more what we're going to get into even jim and i have been talking about the possibility in the future of putting a little group of people together and maybe doing uh kind of lectures around the country with smaller groups we'll get into this over the next few months as we uh kind of unfold this but this is what we got to teach people is start to figure out how to insulate yourself and live outside the system as much as possible don't you can't go force this on everyone else because you're just going to beat yourself up trying to change the world change your life and lead by example others are going to end up following you yeah and and i'd like to put another challenge out to your audience like we did with the arsenic production that non-cash payment at universities is multiple universities so there had to be coordination somewhere and multiple states north and south carolina so in the state university systems was there a policy directive that came from above to not accept cash at sporting events if anybody knows or had knows somebody that couldn't find out that information or even produce a document or an email that'd be great Oh, that's great. Yeah, let's let's leave it at that because, uh, as Jim said, it, if you're seeing it happen in more than one place, there's definitely coordination, and you want to see where this came yep. from. And if it came down through the state governments, then where did it come from? It's just like Maria Albanese over the years, because she was in real estate, she started looking into all of the UN sustainability, climate change hustle nonsense that gets trickled down into local board uh, zoning boards and everything else. You start to see this stuff being built up in your town. Where did it come from? 
from? Well, it didn't come from the mayor, yeah. like your neighbor who's the mayor. He didn't come up with this idea. It came all the way from the United Nations Sustainability. And then if you go behind them, now we know Bank for International Settlements <laughs> is actually behind all this nonsense. So I think another uh, example, another example would be at the public schools, like uh, middle schools, high schools. We went over the weekend. We went to a, uh, a theater production at a middle school. Okay. And the program was QR code only. No paper hmm. version of the program. Where did that come from? That did not come. I don't think it came from the principal of that one school. It likely came from higher up in the system. Yeah. I'd like to see if anybody has, has that, that resource. Let's see where the policy decisions were actually originated from. Exactly. And most likely trickled down from the state board of ed. Like you said, it wasn't the uh, theater teacher, yep. you know, or the art director at the school who figured out, like, oh, let's uh, go online and build a QR code. And like, no, it's, it's just like uh, here in Frederick, Maryland, downtown. We're starting to see a lot of restaurants now that want you to scan the QR code at the table to pull up not just the menu. So it's not just a paperless menu. They then want you to order on your phone and pay yeah. on your phone and then have a runner like like a a, a busboy bring your food out instead of a waitress take your order so what yep. did i do i looked at the thing found the company i forgot the name of it now i did a show on it i look up the company i start looking behind who's behind the company i see all these inqtel connected uh folks and i'm like okay of course you do so this is a government funded operation they launch in all these cities they put together sales forces they're knocking on people's doors and they're they're switching them over to the QR codes and they're driving waiters and waitresses out of work. And then they're telling you it's because there's a work shortage. <laughs> you know, some, so, some so here's a question. Was that a big, large chain restaurant that you, you experienced that at? Or was it a local restaurant? No, these are and local independents now doing it. So, so then that begs the question, how much were they paid to implement that system? That's the other thing, exactly. Because uh, if they came into my local restaurant, it would be very difficult to convince me, I mean, me, to fire all my waiters and waitresses, especially if this is the way I've been running my restaurant for the last 25 years, right? So you say, like you said, there's got to be an incentive for them to go and yep. do that. And um, yep. and then on top of it, I have talked to some of the managers and they have said, as, as most small business owners are saying, it's been very difficult to find good, reliable folks to work. Now, I've talked to other people on this show and they said, well, to be honest, a lot of young people are now literally trying to build careers as influencers online. So you're losing a ton yeah. of people actually from the workforce that would normally work their way up through blue collar uh, server jobs, mm -hmm. you know, and so you mm -hmm. are losing people, but if I, this is all, it's all orchestrated. I mean, it, this is the social yes, engineering that occurs. It's not overnight since three years ago when COVID land kicked off magically overnight, there's no more employees. Like they can't find waiters and right. waitresses. I've worked in restaurants uh, throughout, uh, you know, throughout my mid twenties. I mean, I knew people that were 60 years old. They work at high end restaurants. They were in the industry for years. They're making over 125,000 a year, most of it in cash when they were waiting tables at capitol grill and ruth's chris steakhouse and places yeah. like that so you're like they, they didn't magically overnight a bunch of people gave up these uh, high-paying cash jobs i mean that's ridiculous right so right 
we're going to see uh, you know see more. But I like that. So if you guys can look behind the uh, colleges, the the state universities that are getting rid of cash at the sporting events, and then middle schools uh, starting to move. Uh, theater programs and such over to online QR code scans. Uh, that would be quite interesting because if you could find who's behind that, you're going to start to see the organizations, the think tanks, uh, the, the state board of eds and such that are pushing this tech technocracy. That's what it is. The beginning of us. Technocracy taking over without one vote, without one shot. But with one QR code. <laughs> <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen and a high degree of uncertainty but climate yeah. uh, the temperature rising is causing inflation <laughs> remember folks if this sounds strange to you it's all about the theory of knowledge <laughs> right. all right jim thank you very much uh we appreciate it all right ladies and gentlemen i'll be back tomorrow episode 132 i think we have another guest lined up uh please leave us a five-star review at apple podcast along with a comment uh check out pain.tv slash gold for less than nine dollars a month you get access to the ad-free video version of this podcast as well as the thomas Payne podcast and a facebook like mobile application and website where you can meet like-minded folks like jim and you could bother him over there and ask him a lot of questions <laughs> And uh, and if you'd like to, <laughs> folks, you can leave us a donation at donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. Until next time, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.